you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL Podcast. I love Tom Brady. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, official sponsor of the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers. Mark Sessler, Chris Wesley, and Craig Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey. How's everybody doing? Well, I, think to, living it yeah, up. I, think, I don't know. I feel like today I took a, a walk out onto the streets of um our proud city los angeles and uh you know i think up till now was kind of like it's nice out there's no traffic this might be actually like a good thing but what i witnessed um walking into a crowded sort of urban outer mall area attached to a shopping um market ralph's i i got the first sense of what seemed to be unrest i don't want to overplay it because it was just maybe (laughs) my feelings too but there were like 30 or 40 people, you know, sort of frustrated and waiting in line to get into a grocery store where nothing that they want will be in there. And a lot of people just sort of milling about and hanging out and some people just lying on the ground. And I thought, this doesn't feel um, as vibrant as it felt a few days ago to me. Well, um, I'll tell you, my, my feeling is somewhat similar in the sense that when this thing went nuclear and it got very scary and became... Um, you know, a thing that changed everyone's lives here in LA that coincided with a very rare bout of poor weather where it rained over the course of several days, which kind of added to the claustrophobic nature of it all that you were inside and you didn't really have the option to go outside. I have noticed the last couple of days now when the sun's come back out uh, that when you go outside 
and there's blue skies and there's no one else outside. It is kind of a Hitchcockian type move where some of those great Hitchcock movies like The Birds, uh, where part of what makes it scary is that you are outside and you're not, you know, in some haunted house running for your life. It, it even makes it more frightening. There is an unsettling vibe to the quiet nature of living in one of the most populated cities in the world, a hustling and bustling Los Angeles and just nothing going on. There is nothing going on. It does feel like we're in a movie. Or a book. Nah, ah, that's I mean, it's uh, not normally this quiet. Yeah. We've been reading like apocalyptic uh, pandemic books and movies. And here we are. The thing that's hit me lately is it's just the beginning. I mean, we're talking about it like this has been going on forever. The week, like this weekend, like the world was much different over the weekend compared to now. It's only Wednesday. So what's it going to be like in a month? You know, like that, yeah. that is what I'm, what I'm curious about. Yeah, I have some theories. I'll probably keep them to myself as so, so as not to incite any kind of panic. Yeah, that's, that's part of our jobs. And we have heard from many, many listeners out there that, uh, that are um, appreciative that we've been go- going every day during this uh, free agency week, of course, today. And we're happy to do it because, quite frankly, it gives us something to do as well. So we're, although we are heroes, in this specific case, we don't need to be called heroes. Not that anybody called us heroes. They just appreciated what we did. I'm going to keep moving forward with my comments. Today was the beginning of the new league year. And now I'm not going to go down Mike Florio Lane here and start pounding the table and say, how could the league have done this? How could it have stayed on schedule and, and and started free agency during this global pandemic? No, I don't believe in that. In fact, I still think on balance this has been great uh, that we've had this distraction. Why, why not? This is not something that's going to come and go in a week or two anyway, so you might as well just go on with the show while you can. One thing that has now changed, and it became very clear today, was Monday and Tuesday, the legal tampering period, Uh, quote unquote, basically the same as past years. But today, right at 4 p.m. Eastern, when in the past you had all the signings becoming official, people giving interviews, uh, press conferences getting set up, more deals flying through, uh, that did not happen at all. In fact, I felt bad for Andrew Siciliano and Rich Eisen, and I'm sure on all the other networks, you're supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to be, it's literally called free agent frenzy on NFL Network. There was no frenzy today, as my three-year-old Harrison puts it uh, when he sees or or is told something he doesn't like now. Boeing! And that was my takeaway (laughs) of today. Today was Boeing! (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right, Dan. You lose the press conferences, which added some, but I also think it's just kind of a continuation of how these free agency weeks have gone. By Thursday, which would be, you know, tomorrow, it's been totally dead. And this year, especially, all the trades, the Brady news, everything happened Monday, Tuesday. I looked this morning, right when I woke up at our original Top 101 list, Chris and I's. There was two players in the Top 25 that were still available, Clowney and Chris Harris, who was number 25. So it was like... There wasn't that much less, uh, that much more to settle today. It's like almost every big name and clowny still out there, and there's a couple good players, but we we basically know seventy uh, percent of like the big big names. One one note to add to that, then, if if your list um, only had that many of the top twenty five players still hovering around, then Dan, the list that Dan and I created, um, suspiciously 
and in theory before your list has the same amount of players available, Dan. Is that correct? Same exact number, and in fact, the same order, because the order doesn't change, I believe, into the mid-60s. So that was just another another subtle power play by Greg, whose eyes always on the prize, and he didn't want to give our list the pop it deserved. It's a fair point. <laughs> but what, I, what team are me, you on with? And, What's that? What team are you on with? I'm on around the NFL <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I tweeted, I, I tweeted Boeing or I'm bored uh, today. And uh, Mike Garofolo replied, made a point that I didn't really um, think of because obviously he's in the middle of it. He's like in Nam here uh, um, on the air, uh, you know, 12 straight hours on the phone that there's a well, little. That's, a so- that's get- like a soft guy's Nam, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's. Right. Not really not jungle fighting right. and, you know, that type no, of situation. Charlie. But uh, he, he's, he's much busier than we are, put it that way right now. And he pointed out that once you got past the Brady and the quarterback stuff, there's not a lot of skill players on the market. And that's what kind of drives the excitement uh, of this process. Remember, Ro- Robbie Anderson, who's fine as a uh, deep threat wide receiver, he was viewed as the top wide receiver on the open market. He's still out there. The running back market is very slow, which is not surprising after the events of the last couple of off seasons. So there are, there are still a lot of dominoes to fall, but maybe uh, curb your enthusiasm because it's never going to get as hot as it was uh, Monday and certainly Tuesday with the Tom Brady news, which was all time. That's the first time I've heard Robbie Anderson's name all week. And I've only heard Melvin Gordon's name once or twice. It doesn't seem like there are many teams in need of a running back, and I don't know if anybody wants to pay him even close to what he thought he might get at this time last year. All right, you guys want to go through the news that we did get uh, from the time we left you yesterday until right now? And perhaps, Ricky, as as you do, you kind of keep an eye on anything that happens in case there's some breaking news, okay? You got it, Dan. How are you? It looks like you're in a nice furnished room with a framed photo uh of loved ones and it just seems like a nice a nice setup for you yeah i set up my whole home office i got my monitor and my tv going i got my two computers set up i've been grinding over here you guys and and let it be said i i I believe that we have but it bears repeating that erica is doing an incredible job um this week keeping the show going without ricky we're not on the air right now so Bravo to you, young lady. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Greg Greg just barely gives it up. Uh, I was given the golf clap before anyone. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) All right. Let's get into it. There was uh, some... Saucy quarterback news is the biggest story of the day. Nick Foles, Super Bowl 52 MVP, the man that beat Tom Brady in that great shootout, uh, Eagles, Patriots. Well, Brady's on a new team, and Nick Foles, for the third time in three years, is also on a new team. The Bears are acquiring Foles in a trade with the Jaguars, Mike Garofolo reported. Jacksonville will receive a fourth-round pick in exchange for Foles. One season in Jacksonville, ruined by the, the collarbone injury in week one, a, a Jaguar organization that was burning uh, alive, and then he comes back, doesn't play well, and then Gardner Minshew uh, takes back over for the end of the season. So just a total loss. 
and for just one season, the Jaguars paid $30.5 million for Foles, who leaves behind only not, almost $19 million in dead money on the cap after the trade. So Jacksonville is just in a world of hurt right now, and they just do not expect them to be a contender uh, in the immediate future. But on the Bears side, and we'll start with you on this, Wes, um, Nick Foles comes to Chicago for one reason and one reason only to be the guy that could push Mitch Trubisky, either push Trubisky to be a better player or push him right out the door. The former first round pick who's coming off a very disappointing season. Yeah. You give a coaching staff like this where Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor and John DeFilippo all worked with Foles in the past. You give them an excuse to find a guy that they know and they're familiar with. Most coaching staff are going to do that. And then you throw in the coronavirus. On top of it, where people don't know if you're going to have an off-season program, people don't know how much work you're going to be able to do before training camp, I think that ends up being a pretty big factor in a situation like this where their familiarity with Nick Foles scored pretty high. And Bill Lazor also worked with uh, Andy Dalton with the Bengals too, so maybe you figure they just liked Foles better than Dalton. Well, Foles has a higher upside. It's been weird for me today to see – all the flaming of the bears for this move and all the jokes of just like, okay, well now they have two terrible quarterbacks that that's really going to help. And maybe uh, I overrated Nick Foles when, when Wes and I had him very high in our free agency and I was, you know, on our rankings and I was leading that um, drive, but he's not a bum. I mean, these two guys are even the next time Mitchell Trubisky uh, has one of the best Super Bowl performances of all time, has an, uh, an NFC championship game where he puts up 40 points, has a full regular season where he has 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. Nick Foles has done some things in the NFL. And to me, if it's an even, if it's actually a fair fight, there's no question to me Nick Foles has a higher ceiling and gives them a better chance to win and maybe gives them a little bit of juice. I'm with you on that. Like, I don't hate the signing at all. My one concern with Nick Foles is not when he's available, he is an immediate upgrade for me over Mitch Trubisky and uh, deserves another shot to be a starter. But his availability is suspect. Um, it's been that way for a long time. And, you know, but but if you're, if the, you know, the, the Bears were looking into Cam Newton, there were reports of that. But Cam Newton is getting totally banged by, our society right now, where if you're someone that is <laughs> open to moving from team A to team B and you're com- you're essentially someone who's been a figure nestled away in rehab, you can't take the physical, you can't show the team where you're at physically, you can't even go have that conversation. So to Wes's point, these teams with embedded coaching staffs that have been there for a while, that, that find players that they know um, they can plug right in, that come with, especially at the quarterback position, with knowledge to teach other people and to be that presence, of course Nick Foles makes sense. I, I don't think you would ever have chosen to start over with a risky free agent trade candidate instead. So I, you know, the, I've killed the Bears over and over. I, at yeah, least they've recognized that they need to upgrade the position and they've done something about it. So box checked. I hope no, that Foles can stay healthy. To be clear, Mark, you said that society has banged Cam Newton. I feel like to be more clear, it's been this this pox that has fallen upon our society and changed society the way the way we operate as human beings. You know, it's the it's the pandemic that's banged Cam yeah. Newton. No, that's that's a good clarification. For me to blame society uh, in an isolated fashion is not fair. Well, and 
and the Jaguars are still paying for their original Blake Bortles sin. They they had they were so desperate last year to find somebody to replace Bortles that they overpay for fools and now like you said 19 million in dead money because they kept the full charade going on for so long they have 33 million total in dead money this year so that's like money they could be spending on making the team around Gardner Minshew better including the defense I mean you're gonna have to score a lot of points uh to keep that defense and that said, it's well known if you're a listener to this show that certain people on our show love Gardner Minshew and certain people don't, namely me. It's a good setup for him in the sense that I doubt where the Jaguars are. It feels like they are in more now of a rebuilding period. I would doubt that they would bring in a veteran, an Andy Dalton type guy uh, when they're so far away from contention at this stage. He might get in trouble because they're not going to have a great supporting cast around him necessarily. But I would also think that Minshew is going to get a real shot now to be their starter, uh, at least entering the season, and see how it goes from there. Well, I mean, this this spoke louder than anything they could have done, which was to clear up this two-headed quarterback situation ASAP. But I don't like Minshew's chances to win games um, with the way this team is constructed. They're in cap hell they are allowing every defensive player worth um, anything at all to escape and be traded or escape and leave the team. And unless you're an offense that's going to put up, I just, this defense was terrible last year with half those guys on the roster. I, I don't, I don't know how he's going to survive um, or, or to, to add on to what he did last year. It feels like a regression season for the quarterback position. And I'm forever grateful for what Nick Foles did to Ricky and Greg's Patriots a couple of years back. But I, I would have thought Cam Newton, to me, has more sex appeal as a guy to bring in. And he could be a guy that not only pushes Mitch Trubisky, but can uh, kind of get his career back on track. And all of a sudden they have a standout quarterback out of nowhere. It might have been a good, a good gamble for that organization, which kind of needs to hit on something big. But... Foles is the safer choice at this stage, but not by that much. Like Mark said, this guy can't stay on the field himself. But Cam Newton, and, and you're right, he is an attractive uh, attractive man. Um, Very this hot. This Bears spot being filled, and then... It's funny hearing a man talk about good-looking. Funny Why? Root. Why? Remember, it's, it's remember his comment? His comment? It's funny to hear a woman talk about... Uh, oh, oh, nice yeah. throwbacks. I like that. If he that. goes to New England, I'm going to be... So mad. Don't oh, be yeah. mad. Yeah, this is where I was going with this, Erica. Um, I, don't know if he, I don't know if he would go to New England, but the, the combination of this news today with Foles and then Ian Rappaport reporting very strongly that the Chargers, after losing out on Brady, are going forward with Tyrod Taylor and presumably a rookie. They have a, top, they have a top six pick and they could maybe move up um, and, and get uh, Tunga Vailoa or they could take Justin Herbert. And that's kind of what I'm expecting uh, the the Chargers to do it leaves the Patriots in a situation where if they want to go bargain bin hunting they've got options I mean there's Jameis there's Cam Newton and there's Andy Dalton and it feels like a very Bill Belichick move to see who sits out there the longest and is just the total cheapest that they think they could build an offense around and to me Cam Newton would be the guy that I think would get Josh McDaniels excited all right let us now Move on and talk about other news. You know, let's let's check in on the uh, Jadavian Clowney because he is the highest uh, remaining player on the top 101, correct? Yes. And, you know, some people surprised that 
he is not connected to a team and you haven't heard a lot. Well, Mike Garofolo noted Wednesday that Clowney has not found the market he expected. The Seahawks offer uh, that he has in hand could be the best that he'll get, Garofolo added. So the pa- the pass rusher, we've talked about this forever on this show, or at least it feels like forever, that his production has never matched his um, his stats. I mean, his production has never been in jibe with a guy that should be paid like a highest paid defender in the league. But then all the big D word gets thrown around. Not the one you're thinking of disruptive. Uh, he's very disruptive. And yet it seems like teams are shying away from an injured guy, a guy that has injuries that hasn't always produced statistically. It's all relative though. I mean, Dante Fowler, for instance, you know, we'll talk about him, but he got $16 million a year. So I'm assuming Jadavian Clowney is going to get significantly more than that. And maybe he was thinking, like I was thinking, that he might get an insane amount, and he's clearly not getting that offer, or else we would be hearing more. Seattle reportedly made a very aggressive offer, and that might end up being his best bet is to just return to the Seahawks. He won't be alone uh, in Seattle if he com- if he does return. Bruce Irvin is back with the Seahawks, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, the 32-year-old defensive end has agreed to terms with the Seattle Seahawks, re- reuniting him with Pete Carroll. Uh, they took him 15th overall in 2012. If you remember back then, that was seen as a surprise. Um, Irvin had dealt with some off-the-field issues, as I recall, but he's always been a very steady contributor. He went to the Panthers, had a nice season, but now he's back with Seattle. Uh, so if they can get if they do get Clowney back, you got Irvin in the building. They could really maybe make some gains getting to the quarterback, which was which was a problem last year. I like Seattle's like ability. One thing about them because when team when players leave a team, it's almost like you're never allowed to have that player come back into the fold. Like you would never bring some of these guys back. Seattle is like this is like the fifth or sixth guy that after a stop somewhere else, they're like this guy fits our system. He was in a system in Atlanta that's similar to ours. And we'll have them right back. No hard feelings. Like it's, it kind of tells you that, you know, unlike some of these teams we talk about, like the Texans and others, that they don't burn the bridge. They, they keep the relationship um, alive. And you might need a guy later. And Irvin is the perfect fit right now. At this point, Irvin, you know, it's fun to get him back together. He's with KJ Wright. It's like good, good memories. He's kind of a bit player. But their biggest move so far has been bringing Jerron Reed back. Uh, and that was late last night. That was to a two-year, $23 million contract, which is pretty good money. He's been an up-and-down player. Seahawks fans were thinking they were going to go wild. I think they're a little disappointed that that's like the highlight of their first couple of days. But it's like, calm, calm down. It's well, they've signed a couple of offensive linemen too, Brandon Shell and, and B.J. Finney. And it, it looks like they expect both of them to start. Those aren't big names, and they were not on our top 100 list. But there they are, starting for the Seahawks. Uh, in other news, a trade. We love trades. The Denver Broncos are acquiring Titans defensive lineman Jarrell Casey in exchange for a seventh-round pick. Rap sheet reports. Uh, Nine News Denver. Mike Cleese had that first. Uh, Denver had a hole on their defensive line uh, with several guys hitting free agency. So they add a five-time Pro Bowler. West. did this surprise you that Casey came free for a bottom-of-the-shelf uh, draft pick? It did surprise me, but those things always surprise me unless I read a Greg article saying this guy's making too much money and needs to be cut and, and found jobless. Um, those are usually how Greg's articles go. 
when he does his cut guy? Is this a shot or what is this? I, can, I cannot tell. That was either a really nice compliment or a, a withering put down. Oh, like I, I never really know when guys are going to lose their job until Greg covers it. And I, Jarrell Casey was not on my radar. I feel like um, Jonathan Simmons played so well last year that I guess they feel like he can slide into that role and they can maybe get more pass rush and sacrifice a little run defense uh, and then use some of that money for guys like Derrick Henry. I find it unjust that uh, Jarrell Casey, who's been consistently awesome and consistently outside of like, you know, PFF football heads and certain types, mostly ignored by the casual fan. And, and it's, no one even knows who he is for the most part. The minute that the Titans get, you know, kind of sexy and are going to have a bunch of primetime games, bang, he's sent, he's sent off the team. It, it's, it's, God forbid Jarrell Casey ever get the attention he deserves for having been consistently awesome. I, I was stunned by uh, this trade. Uh, I guess he had a shoulder problem last year. He has been around a while, but he's been durable. He's been really productive. I know he's been one of your favorite players, Wes. It seems like a steal. And they're trying to cut some salary cap. Maybe it's a Derrick Henry move. But it was on the same day that they signed Vic Beasley to a $10 million contract. Vic Beasley, who going into this free agency period, was like the guy I would have wanted my team to sign the least. Because you just knew someone was going to pay Vic Beasley, hoping he could have the one good season that the Falcons basically uh, were hoping they would get out of him. And they never did. And they, so they... I know they play different positions, but I'm a little mystified. The Titans' defense always seems like this formless. Uh, you know, I know that they're a little more fun on offense, but the defense still has that old nickname that that Tan used to give them. So let's talk Broncos. Then we haven't talked about their side of the trade. They had Jarrell Casey. Uh, they are picking up AJ Boye. They kept Justin Simmons. Uh, and they get Bradley Chubb back next year. This defense was playing really well at the end of last year. Hmm. I like what the Broncos are doing on that side of the ball. If I was Tony Reale, you know, around the horn, I'd be giving you some points right now, Wes. I like that one. That's what I feel like. I feel like we're on around the horn with these. If I was Woody Page, I'd be holding up a sign thanking you. How many points do I have, Greg? I feel like you would be judging me negatively. You've got a lot of points. If we had started the points before the show when you were breaking out um, a conspiracy theory about an NFL network uh, mishap, uh, that I won't uh, get into. I would that would have been negative points, but you're doing great once the, the show started. Yeah, I, I save the negative point conversations for off the air. <laughs> and and before we get overly excited about the Broncos, Wes, you know Joe Flacco is about to be cut, or it has been done. Uh, they have Drew Locke and then two Jags, uh, sub Jags behind him. Uh, it feels like quite a gamble at the quarterback position right now. I specifically mentioned the defensive side of the ball because. Although I like the Graham Glasgow signing, the nice the job points, by them. The points you mentioned are legit. We don't know mm. about their quarterback. They only really have one proven wide receiver. I don't know. They got a lot of question marks on that side of the ball. Well, here's the thing: Cam and Jameis and Dalton have to go somewhere. Like they're not going to not be in the NFL next year. And so, you know, now that I've been like, I don't know, maybe Denver is a team, even though they're in, they say they're in on Drew Locke. It's like at a certain point, if these three guys are making, you know, six, $7 million, like a backups type money, it's like, they'd be crazy not to try, try one of those guys. Well, Elway already swung and missed at one washed up um, veteran and Joe Flacco. Maybe Cam is a guy that he, he would wait on and then bring in again. 
He seems like a guy that would take a big swing there. He is the guy that got Peyton Manning once upon a time when he had injury issues. I mean, John Elway watched Cam Newton basically take the Super Bowl off. I don't know if that's the greatest selling point for a, a prospective employer. But I mean, he took one playoff. It just I, happened to be I the one I didn't see him. I didn't see a whole lot happening outside of that one play, but I, I, I'll take your word for it. Whew. I just gave Mark some points. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It's so funny. I thought of that again today. Uh, and I know you Panthers fans as at the end of the Cam Newton era. So many of you are still thinking about that play. Super Bowl 50, about two or three minutes to play ball on the ground in a one score game. And Cam watched. Is this you rubbing salt? in the I'm room? just saying I think about it sometimes. If I was a oh. Panthers fan, I'd probably think about it all the time. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, in other news, speaking of the NFC South, the Falcons make an addition uh, to their defense. Their pass rush gets a boost. Tom Pelissero and Rap Sheet report that they are expected to sign Dante Fowler to a three-year deal. This guy is getting some uh, frequent flyer miles in his career. Um, the, the Falcons could not get to the quarterback last year, and Fowler's been a little up and down in his career, but he had a, he had a nice run with the Rams, and now – Dan Quinn's defense is going to need him to be a consistent guy off the edge. Uh, Mark, do you think he could be that? Well, I think, you know, we, we hit on Vic Beasley. And at this point, you need an upgrade. And I, if he plays the way he did with the Rams, that is a distinctive upgrade. Dan Quinn coached him at Florida. So it's another one of these um, relationship scenarios. He's young. You're in theory getting him at a time where he could round into someone that does what he did last year, which was 11 and a half sacks, uh, which was a personal best for him year after year. I mean, the Falcons to me, I I need to see their defense before I trust it because it just seems like it's not really clicked in a while at this point. How is Dante Um, Fowler only 25 years old? What is going on here? I'm with you. He's one of these guys. I'm almost 40, and this guy has been – he was essentially 23 for seven straight years. Well, he was always distinctively younger than you, but uh, fair enough. Yeah, he, he entered the league young. Uh, he got this much money because the Rams reportedly really wanted to keep him, and they went, they went pretty high uh, to keep him. So that's a good sign that a team that had him for a year and a half uh, wanted to pay him big money. And if I'm a Rams fan – and I'm a, I'm looking at this defense, and you think of what they have lost so far. They've lost Michael Brockers. They've lost Dante Fowler. They've lost Corey Littleton. They got rid of Nicole Roby Coleman, who was a pretty good player. And Eric Weddle retired. And Wade Phillips is gone. You have a, a first-time coordinator in Brandon Staley. That is a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, but you're leaving out one thing, Greg. Leonard Leonard Floyd's in the building. That's he true. Is, he is being signed by the Rams, uh, Pelissero and Garofolo reported. So they are essentially replacing Fowler with Floyd, who was released by the Bears on Tuesday, a former first-round pick. Uh, so they're hoping that he will somehow find the spark. So get excited, L.A. It's not every day you get the sarcastic retort. Um, with, that, had, that was working on a lot of levels. With a segue How many involved, points do I get good. for it? One and a half. You're the host. You know. <laughs> One thing on um, oh, what, on the Falcons' defense, this is like a conga line since we started the podcast. Certain guys come in, then they come back. Adrian Claiborne's in, Jack Crawford, Vic Beasley. No, it's Dante Fowler. The names change. The defense still finishes like 17th, and you can run on them all day. 
That's you, you and Mark did have that great Super Bowl experience uh, where he was the coordinator of the Seahawks, and you guys just fell in love with Dan Quinn. Oh my oh, god! He was great. What oh, a god. love affair! Well, what a love there, affair! There was a part two to that, which I, I believe I've mentioned once before, where it was an owners' meeting uh, scenario where there is not a lot of Atlanta Falcons beat writers hovering around, but it was one of these t- breakfast table scenarios where it was Dan Quinn sitting there alone and me sitting with him and D Orlando Ledbetter, someone who I have a lot of respect for. Um, and D Orlando showed up with like a gigantic plate of like eggs, bacon and toast. And I thought, listen, this is the celebrated Falcons beat writer. I'm going to allow him to unfurl three or four straight questions at Quinn before I drop in, you know, what I need to go with. <laughs> D led. D, D led just sat there and continued to eat. Like I was like, <laughs> at some point you've got to, this is a working function. Now, I'm sure he got to his questions Oink. down the road, but. It, I got shifted into small talk with Dan Quinn. I'm asking him like nine or 10 questions about the Falcons when I at best had maybe one, maybe one. So, you know, part two. Mark just advanced to the finals. The anytime you have a, anytime you have like a D led uh, eating story in there, you automatically love, love that guy. What, you know, ha- since we are adjacent to the, you know, reporting world uh, at that level, you start to pick up on some things. And I think, D-led gobbling down the breakfast uh, before getting to work is, to me, the equivalent of Larry Fitz Sr. at the Super Bowls taking out the folding chair and just putting it smack dab in the center of the clubhouse and just letting the chaos unfurl around him before he gets in, gets his quotes. A, a perfect parallel. And, I, and, and I, I'm only imagining that with, with his experience that D. Orlando had a longer, slow play um, plan at work there, that I was the, you know, I was the idiot that's trying to jump in and do my thing. I'm sure he got something great out of that meeting after I departed. I don't doubt it's that. An ancient, it's an ancient parable. It's the turtle and the hare, you know? All right, <laughs> moving on. Speaking of the NFC South and uh, big-name players, Gerald McCoy, he is leaving that division and heading to Big D. The Cowboys, not the Big D you're thinking of, the Cowboys agreed to terms with McCoy on a three-year deal. Rap Sheet reported ESPN first had it. Uh, Garofolo says the deal has a base value of uh, over $18 million. He could get to $20 million, uh, with some incentives hit. He's 32 years old, went to Carolina for one season, played 16 games. Uh, Wes, not the same guy that he was during his heyday in Tampa, uh, but somebody that could still do some damage, and I would, I would see this as a positive signing for a Cowboys defense that kind of needs some reinforcements. Yeah, Greg talked about the Rams losing so many guys. The Cowboys have lost as many snaps as anybody, I think, in this free agency period with Robert Quinn, Byron Jones, Jeff Heath, takeaway Jason Witt, and Randall Cobb. And then Malik Malik Collins, who Gerald McCoy is going to replace. And I'd say McCoy, even at age 32 or whatever he is now, is a better pass rushing presence. So he's a more disruptive guy on passing downs and it's now a passing league. That was probably a Cowboys Cowboys fan. I'd be, I would have been pretty worried going into free agency, but I think the first few days have gone about as good as you could have hoped considering how much you had to pay Dak that you got Amari Cooper back. Uh, They re-signed Anthony Brown, Uh, Blake Jarwin's back in the building. That's not a big deal. Sean Lee, whatever. (laughs) But, uh, The way you said it sounds like a pretty big deal. Uh, the, the important <laughs> wow. thing here is uh, Kai's Kai. Kai was re-signed as like a day one free agency. Oh, player. yeah. What, what, Greg, can I just, with all due respect, that was not your news to break. I mean. I'm setting it up for you. Because you, you know the, the, the one. 
the one place that does not close during the coronavirus pandemic is the Kicker Club. The Dallas Cowboys have signed Kai Forbath. He stays in the building after being just an absolute standout down the stretch for the Cowboys. Nearly kicked them in the playoffs, let's face it. Uh, He went a perfect 10 for 10 on field goals down the stretch. So Kai, who absolutely was nearly drummed out of the league, just because of some bad word of mouth is how I see it. You were spreading it. it. Didn't didn't that word of mouth start with you? It didn't start with me, but I was told some negative things, famously at a area hospital here in Los Angeles before the birth of my first son, uh, that, yeah, you know, Kai's Kai. Kai's, you know, Kai's going to do what Kai's going to do, which is the universal indicator for, you know, maybe not the best dude. Um, and now Kai is uh, back on his feet, and he never deserved to be off his feet because the boy can kick. Yeah, I think that, you know, Dan, if anything, you deserve at least half the credit for uh, the career revival that he's experienced over the last six, seven months. So I would say I put him I put him more. This is what I'll take credit for, Mark. Sure. Please. do. Um, I will take credit for enhancing his his Twitter viability, his profile, because there are more hashtags dedicated to Kai on the Internet now that that ever existed before. Let's not don't stop there. Like. The original Renaissance came out of the bubonic plague. It was a side effect of it. And here we are in coronavirus time. You have given a renaissance to Kai Forbath's career, and you should Thank take you. credit Well, maybe for it. I will take a lap in the Kicker Club, which, again, is open for business. Uh, we, we are one of those uh, sects that do not believe in uh, the ability to pass germs. So the place is packed. It's, uh, so if you want to come on down to the Kicker Club, we're, we have DJ Paulie D spinning tonight. And everyone, because on a little coronavirus um, promotion to get people in the building, everybody gets to go behind the velvet rope and shake hands. Uh, So come on down to the kicker club. Somehow I'm good. I don't know. I don't feel the uh, like the tractor being pulling me over to that event tonight, but uh, perhaps down the road. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. In other news, the Chargers are expected to uh, land a premium name on the secondary market cornerback chris harris uh is signing in la rap sheet reported the deal is worth two years and 20 million um harris then confirmed to espn that he's going to the chargers Uh, a a nice pickup uh nine years in the league this will be his 10th season we talked about it a little bit when we learned that he wouldn't be going back to denver um uh, Greg, that Harris maybe not the same player he used to be, but maybe stick him in the slot and he could uh, do some good job, good work for the Chargers. He, he looked awesome last year, and the combination of him, Casey Hayward, and Desmond King is about as good as it gets at cornerback. I'm going to fall into the same trap. You know, I kind of like the signings they've had: Bulaga at right tackle. They bring in Linval Joseph. Not so sure about that, but either way, it's like the Chargers roster outside of uh, quarterback, which seems like a significant position. Yeah, look pretty, looks pretty good again. Let's get back on the Chargers bandwagon. What a team they're built! They're building in every yeah, room a, except can, quarterback. Room. Can we send? Can we send Andy Dalton there for a fourth round pick and be done with it? How about that? I mean, I, they they are going to draft someone. I don't know right. if they just like love Justin Herbert and so they feel fine that they're if if he's there at six or if they are gonna try to trade up. Maybe they'll be the guy team that takes Tua. Who knows? It's funny because in Jeremiah's. Um, 
pre-free agency mock draft, he had two teams, the Colts and Bucks, back-to-back taking Love and Herbert. And I, I just think the Chargers are – when you're when you're looking at potential free agents and you're making it clear that you're not chasing after a veteran, they are locked and loaded to go get a rookie and restart that position from scratch. And if they get the right one, to Greg's point, like the team around them, because the offensive line has been improved, at least on paper – right now too is this is a great situation for a rookie compared to some teams you could land with the more i think about it they really should be a team that should be thinking and maybe they are to give it all up to get to a you know like that's a guy you can open your stadium with and they have such a good rest of the team they've been so patient they drafted pretty well like i could see them giving up a huge raft of draft picks to go get to a open the stadium with him. That'd be fun. Do it. That makes a lot of sense. That Do makes it. a lot of sense. Points for Greg. If you, everybody was like, uh, Tom Brady, he opened the stadium with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going to be 43 in week one. If there's a week one, you go get a young quarterback, then can put some meat in the seats. And then he's a guy that could be there for 15 years. Let's fly. That is a gross four. term. He might be 44 <laughs> in week one. Oh my God. He could be 49. Um, all right. Let's hit a little uh, eight o'clock delight. Ricky. Malcolm Jenkins heading back to the Bayou. Four-year, $32 million uh, deal with 16 and a quarter guaranteed to go back to the Saints, leaving the Eagles. Has he got anything left, Greg? Yeah, he was playing well last year. Replaces Von Bell. Saints fans love him. Sean Payton loves him. Saints. Andrew Whitworth is not going anywhere. The Rams are in a time of transition, but they decide that they want to keep Jared Goff's blindside protector. Three-year deal for Whitworth. If he plays out the contract, West, he's going to be in his 40s, like you. Yeah, that, that means that he should probably wake up with a different body part hurting every day and may only last about four games into the season. <laughs> uh, don't get too close to 40. Just Thomas do Davis it. is reuniting with uh, Ron Rivera on the Redskins. Can't kill Thomas Davis, Mark Sessler. I also wonder if the Redskins might um, look at Eric Reed, who the Panthers just released as well, because Rivera feels like the kind of coach that, um, despite selling you fresh ideas, is going to bring in every aging player he can simply because he has them in his cell phone. And that, that I, 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 I like Rivera. He's fine. But it just seems like you're going to get a lot of ex-Panther. Hey, two points for you, buddy. And also roster. maybe Cam Newton goes to Washington. Uh, stranger things have happened. Uh, Patriots defensive back Deron Harmon uh, is heading to Detroit. So, uh, Greg, the Patriots exodus continues. Yeah, congratulations uh, to the Lions for taking all of uh, the players the Patriots didn't want. You know, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, Deron Harmon. This is the way you build a championship. Is there anybody left on the Patriots roster (laughs) besides Ryan Izzo? It's all Stidham, baby. It's just Stidham court. Greg, remember when your biggest concern about the Patriots is why there weren't more coaches on their staff? Now you have real concerns. Oh yeah, it's a huge con- it's a huge concern that uh, the Lions are overpaying like role players for the Patriots. Right. I mean, one uh, thing I know is that when Jamie Collins leaves New England and goes to a different team, you're going to get the best version <laughs> of Jamie Collins, hands down. The Raiders and veteran cornerback Eli Apple agree to a deal. A former 10th overall pick. He's bounced around a little bit most recently with the Saints. Now he's in Vegas. It's one of those guys you want as your third corner. 
because if he's your second corner, they're picking on him all the time. And with the Raiders, at this point, he might be their first corner because they tried for Chris Harris and offered three years, and Harris decided to go two and, years to the And Jordan. finally, Wes, it looks like the softball team is in dire straits. Uh, we're giving away final years of our careers because Corona might take, a, take us out. Yeah, I talked to Keisha about that, that I thought I might not have to make the retirement decision after all because Corona's making it for me. Uh, but yeah, after we talked, there were several days where I woke up and my right shoulder was hurting so bad that I could barely move that day. So I, I didn't think there was any chance I was playing softball. And that is 8 o'clock delight. All right, boys, girl, any any final thoughts before we sign off on when Wednesday's edition what do we look what is a domino we're waiting now like what do we want to learn we want to learn where Clowney's going we want to see where Jameis and Dalton uh, and Cam end up um what what else is out there that kind of interests you I want to know where Robbie Anderson goes I hope the Jets bring him back what about you guys I'd say back to Melvin Gordon I brought him up earlier in the show um a team like the Falcons who released Devontae Freeman could use him somebody one of you guys brought up the bills the other day i still like that to pair him with devin singletary but but he might be your new falcons running back i have a feeling how about I mean, you, the Greg? patriots quarterback situation I, I i know uh we're joking about how they're diminished but i'm still very intrigued to see what bill belichick is going to do and there's still some pretty good players out there and it seems like they're going to jump in to this part of free agency emmanuel sanders uh is a guy i'm kind of keeping an eye on um, Cowboys so reporting. Yeah. In. How about I, I you, Mark? Would, I would be interested in with some of these tagged players that don't seem like um, necessary long-term fits for their teams. I think of a guy like Anthony Harris on the Vikings, where there are whispers that teams, uh, the Browns are one, safety needy teams might be able to go and trade uh, with the Vikings for some of these guys. I think that's sort of, and I, I, I think we hit on this maybe, but this new wave of like, franchise these guys and then trade them versus letting them walk is a savvy um a savvy move at this point and i could see two or three uh winding up elsewhere than where they are today more points for sessler here i I think ngakwe is going to get traded that's a pretty big name out there and then matthew judon might get traded so uh i think won that i think he won Wow. Who's giving out the points? I thought I thought the host. I, I mean, it's a smart move just to appease me and then in a separate text chat, convince, you know, tell yourselves that I absolutely did not win. What, what, what are they doing that show? Me on air. What are we doing that show? You you mute somebody when they get annoying to you? Is that what happens? Yeah. Ricky, can you mute, mute Greg for 10 seconds? I think so. Maybe. <laughs> oh, was okay, he's been muted. Oh, he's, on. <laughs> he's trying to talk. <laughs> doesn't seem fair all right bring him back uh, all, right. Oh, hey. all right he's back he's back Not um nice. and one last one last note i have about free agency week is you know nine minute segment with dick vitale today on uh nfl network the retired uh ncaa coach commentator guy the heroes can't get on the any of this programming how much i mean you got hours of space to fill we are the most popular nfl podcast in the goddamn world and we can't get on, and Vital's on for nine minutes, I'm giving myself some points. Get us on that show. I don't know. I'm not even saying we, you know, maybe we don't have the internet capability to do it, but uh, Vital for nine minutes? How was he? How was fine. He was Dickie V. It was on in the background. Did he play the character? He played. I think he's a friend or a golf buddy of Brady, so it was basically getting his reaction to the Tom Brady news. 
But he played well, in as, big like, Tampa. the same he's, character. He's like Mr. T- he's Mr. Tampa. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, he's yeah. a Bucks season ticket holder. That was the hook. That was yes. the hook. So He's Siesta Key guy, I think. What a hook yeah. it is. So we will be uh, – oh, and one last thing. What's going on with the beards? I know Ricky tried to take the air out of it, but has everybody grown them? Grown them? Yeah, gray. One thing, I'm, one, I'm, I'm going to look like a hermit. I'm supposed to do NFL now tomorrow. I don't know. I got to trim this thing at some point, but I'm not there yet. What do you mean? You were growing that thing in hardcore during the season. That's true, but there's like a, you know, there's going to be a pretty ugly in between real soon. It's in that middle period where you look like you've done something wrong to a child potentially. So, yeah, we need to. We need to. <laughs> I have some concerns about how the neck beard is growing at a far more aggressive rate than the face beard and it, it just kind of makes me look like a homeless person you like, got an andrew luck situation going on it's a bit of a luck situation and it's not lucky for the old zeuser that's what i mean like you gotta i'm i'm trimming that neck uh sooner but than here's later. the thing if you're going on tv i get it or whatever but if, if you're in a situation where we're just going to be doing internet uh content i say we just ride this out for as long as we can before we have to go on television no blade shall touch my face for until we get the green light. And Ricky, that goes for you too. I put down the razor. Let's fly. Uh, sure. <laughs> like the unshaven armpit is coming back uh, with the younger generation. I've noticed oh. our country. That is some outrageous stuff. It's just a factual statement that I'm making. No, you're right. You're right. And we have to tread carefully because uh, certain things, we're not supposed to have opinions on anymore, but uh, that you know that's something I can't get behind. This, that's something that's happening in society with the kids. I'm with you. I don't. I don't see. Um, but again, I it does not impact me at all. No, it does not, not at all. Impact me in any way. So good Mark, luck to your good luck to your body hair. And, and your, it's uh, not project. your body, and it's no. not your choice. So no, uh, but that's I, this is actually what you were saying a minute ago. So don't. I don't need the. No, lecture. I'm just. I I'm keeping us all in the clear. I'm making okay. sure everybody's well, I, in the clear. I am not instructing anyone to do anything. But I can I you just know. also make it clear that like I do shave like i'm not over here like growing out anything so before that goes global okay uh, yeah put the blade down and speaking of global ricky we have a global audience do you want to get a plug in for your um live streaming movie watching live tweeting yeah, hashtag thing? vmn virtual movie night i don't know if we're gonna do one tonight but potentially tomorrow um colleen is in john i hope you guys will be in we'll we'll pick a movie and uh we can all watch it together from from afar my suggestions have been uh largely ignored the two suggestions that i've made yeah even our weekends anymore do they mean anything i know my my suggestion of roadhouse stands yeah no i think i feel like we need to do like a legally blonde because everybody can get behind some like happy Reese Witherspoon right now. Yeah, but does uh, does Patrick Swayze rip out a guy's throat in Legally Blonde? Because I, I don't, don't think, think that does. was part of the script. <laughs> <laughs> does Patrick Swayze say pain don't hurt while he's getting stitches without anesthetic? Does that happen in that film? I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, so <laughs> I like that you you are bringing up Legally Blonde as the movie that brings all genders together. And is is that is that a thing? I think not really a Michelle High School reunion while we're at it. Yeah, <laughs> I just think the you know people that don't like women growing out their armpit hairs might not get behind a film like Legally Blonde. So if mm. you don't fall in that category, Greg, <laughs> I can't blame you. Let's uh, just all get together and watch Lifetime. Have a little red wine. Yes, 
Yes. Drinking. I've been drinking a lot. I think that looked well for you. <laughs> My drinking has gone up. You know, I've been trying to get on the bike daily. I've been on the Peloton trying to uh, drop some weight, and uh, but I can't stop drinking. So there's kind of like a uh, a bit of a trade-off going on, and I don't know how the scales are going to work out. Yeah, but the bike purchase, looking good. I mean, I, I'm the idiot that joined uh, Jim three days before COVID-19 struck <laughs> the nation, so... Did I did they? a, I did a hundred squats, a hundred pushups, a hundred sit-ups last night, and then made a root beer float with all the junk I have in the house. Yeah, it's a tough situation for it's a tough, it's a classic tough sit, tough sitch because we're all <laughs> bored, stuck in the house. It, it's gonna, there's gonna be some unhealthy habits that are gonna just float up to the the surface, no matter how you cut it. Yeah. All right. No way around it. Good talk. I haven't touched a drop of alcohol since since it happened. Wow! Look at you, Wes. Little little solidarity with uh, with your pregnant wife. No, she wants me to drink. Oh. <laughs> it's already pointed out. Like I didn't get to drink when I had cancer. I had to sit and watch her. So now you know it's my time. It's getting even time. Feel? Just a, a personal campaign then of sorts. Good for you. Sometimes it's good to take a step back. And finally, a reminder: wash your hands. Twenty seconds. 20 seconds can change the world. Warm water, soap, and uh, get both sides, including Wes. Hey, why would it not have been Wes, this is an audio show. The but webbing. he clapped his hands and then pointed to his cuticles. Um, cuticles are clean. Also, if you're one of the web people that live in the sewers, make sure you get the webbing. These pipes are clean. Thanks for listening to the Around the NFL podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, official sponsor of the NFL. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Rick Hollywood behind the glass. Stay healthy, stay well, stay isolated. Till Thursday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moment 
moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.